Conservative leader Andrew Scheer promising that if he's elected, he will review the so-called stress test to help first-time home buyers get approved for mortgages and actually allow people to take out longer mortgages for lower monthly payments. Let's get our personal finance expert, Rabina ahmed on to discuss that and a few other financial matters. She joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right. uh, First off, as always, setting the politics aside and whether or not this is going to win votes or or not, as a personal finance expert, what do you think about uh, removing this stress test? Wasn't that put in place to make sure that uh, people didn't get in over their heads when it comes to housing and housing prices? You basically said exactly what I'm feeling about this. I mean, even before the stress test was ever revealed or ever announced, for 10 years, I was always saying that, you know, whenever you go for a mortgage, you should always calculate your affordability as if your interest rate was two percentage points higher than what the bank is offering you so that you always have some insurance baked in that you can afford your mortgage if interest rates go up. You can afford your mortgage, um, you know, no matter what happens, at least for the short term. Um, What, you know, this policy basically is saying is that they would take away that extra check and balance, which I don't think is a good idea because it has done what it was supposed to do. It slowed down the housing market slightly. It's made people borrow less money. We're not seeing those year over year, you know, 10% gains in the hottest housing markets and that is you know that is good news that is actual better news for first-time home buyers because if they take away the stress test people will be able to pay more for their homes and that's going to push prices up making it even more difficult for first-time home buyers to get into the market all right but should i be able to excuse me i make that decision for myself i mean is it a bad thing if i decide you know what this is maybe our forever home and uh, you know what if it's going to take me an extra five years to uh, pay it off and i can get it now at what is a lower price than uh, what it might be you know five ten years from now uh, and i want to make certain other sacrifices and other areas of my life should i not be able to buy that home with a longer mortgage well, the stress test was brought in not necessarily for, you know, people to, to, to take choice away from people. It was more because people were borrowing more than they could actually afford. And if you have a, a large group of people who are unable to afford their mortgages, we could be heading into a United States kind of situation where you simply can't afford your mortgage payments anymore. You default on your mortgage, you have to walk away from your home, or you owe more on your home than it's actually worth. So many other problems can arise, which are not good for anybody, uh, not just you as a homeowner, but anybody else who lives in your community, um, you know, for the economy, because if people are defaulting on mortgages, that's not good for our economic future as well. So I'm not saying that, you know, you should give people less choice, but definitely we should be testing people so that they can actually afford the mortgages that they are getting for the long term. All right. Some other economic news. A new study finds that, Rabina, that uh, those here in Toronto are getting richer while the rest of the country is getting poorer. Can you explain that for us? Yeah, we need a lot of context on this uh, this uh, survey that was done. It's done by Enveronics Analytics. They every year look at what the wealth, household wealth of Canadians is. And overall, nationally, uh, wealth has gone down about 1.1% nationally. We are less rich than we were. I don't want to say poor because that's not, probably not the right terminology, but we are less rich, 1.1% less rich than last year. But if you just look at Toronto, if you parse it all, 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 all um, into bits, East York, Etobicoke, and Scarborough, those residents saw their household net worth go up almost 6400 and $53, whereas the rest of Toronto, so City of Toronto proper, North York, and York, 
saw their net worth go down about $6,000. So it really all depends on where you live in the city. Uh, but it seems that, you know, a lot of places in Toronto are bucking the national trend of net worth uh, falling across the country. So and what's uh, so special, sorry, about East uh, York, Etobicoke, and Scarborough? Why are they big winners? Well, I think they are big winners because they've been lagging behind with their housing prices. So we saw prices in Toronto and North York uh, go up considerably in the last 10 years. And North York, uh, rather, uh, uh, Scarborough and East York didn't see those same kind of that same kind of uptick. They're catching up now uh, to the housing price uh, boom that we saw in Toronto and North York, um, and that's why you know really it's because of real estate prices that those households are richer, not uh, because they're making more money or their investments have done really well in the last year. All right. So what does this say about uh, the Toronto area and uh, really the the economy in general? If uh, we're finding Torontonians are getting richer and uh, again, the headline here is the rest of the country is actually falling behind or uh, getting poorer. Is the GTA, is it the place to be? I mean, real estate-wise, it still is one of the hottest markets. I mean, even Vancouver, that you know, has been more expensive than Toronto. It still remains more expensive. It's been falling in value because, in some ways, it's peaked out. I mean, people just simply can't afford to pay those prices anymore, and they're getting out of the market. Whereas in Toronto, people are still scraping together what they have and buying homes. Interest rates are still low. The the forecast is that they're going to stay low for the long term, and so a lot of people feel very comfortable getting into really big mortgages because they know they can afford them for that term. The other little tidbit out of this, Jeff, that I liked was, and this is not, you know, I'm, I, I really feel sorry for the Hamilton listener right now. I don't want to just brag about Toronto, right. um, but <laughs> Torontonians are saving more compared to the rest of the country, too. So we are saving, our savings rate is higher on average than the rest of the country. And that could be because uh, people in Toronto do have higher salaries. They're feeling a little bit better because their home prices are up, so they're able to put a little bit extra money away. You know, the one thing, Rabina, that occurred to me about the survey as we've been sitting here kind of parsing it and discussing it is that there's other costs, if you will, that might not just be purely economic. And yeah, it might be great news that housing prices are going up in the GTA and in Toronto. But I can tell you as a downtowner, uh, what about congestion? Because uh, that is something that uh, for the most part, you know, Hamilton, uh, I mean, I know there's rush hour traffic and all of that. But when you look at the amount of uh, congestion and just how tough it is to get from point A to point B in this city, I mean, that's got to be a plus that uh, some of these other uh, municipalities and cities don't have to worry about. Jeff, there's study after study done about the effects of a long commute on a person, what it does to your productivity when you get to work, what it does to your mental health if you have any underlying mental health issues. So there is definitely an intrinsic value of living somewhere where it doesn't stress you out to get to work, where you're not always surrounded by lots and lots of people moving in the same direction, you know, really creating, uh, you're just creating obstacles for you to get to work on time and feeling relaxed. So I absolutely agree. I totally get why people move out of the city of Toronto to have, uh, you know, a li- I lived in London, Ontario for a few years, and I remember thinking, this is just the easiest 10 minutes to work, 10 minutes back, I can pop in and get something when I need it, I don't have to stress about traffic. There is definitely a value that you cannot measure uh, when you have that kind of lifestyle, so I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, when I moved downtown, the biggest adjustment I had to make was uh, something that, uh, even though physically it would take you 10 or 15 minutes to get to, you better plan 40 to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you just have Even to make... Sunday morning. Yeah, you've got to recalibrate. Hey, Rabina, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, take care. There goes personal finance expert Rabina Ahmed-Hawk.